Last time on Improv Tabletop, we met our new heroes, the Ballast Breakfast Brigade, comprised of Captain Chew, Chip the Dog, and Brockadoodle-Doo, three serial mascots down on their luck who decided that it was time that they took a stand against the Big Four, the serial companies that dominate the store shelves and that have been oppressing the smaller independent serial companies for years and years and years. So, after gathering in their sorry hobo states, they went down to the sewers at the behest of their friend Plucky the Peppercorn, where he brought them to his massive conspiracy cave down in the sewers. And he has a plan that he has put together over the past several decades to take down the Big Four. What's that plan going to look like? Let's find out here in the world of the Balanced Breakfast Brigade. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Thomas Brower, vocally impaired. Heather Brower, sleeping awake. And Caleb Anderton, the penitent. So you, what you're saying is you feel sorry for the fact that you put Evan in the hospital. I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I hear remorse. I'm starting to feel a slight feeling within me that I don't really recognize. Maybe it's because, you know, according to absolutely every big business, we are past Halloween, which means Christmas. And maybe my heart's grown a couple sizes lately, but I'm feeling kind of bad for laying Evan up so bad. I I might want to do something about that. Yeah, if you act quick, then maybe you'll get something besides coal in your stocking this year. Oh, man, that's the real kicker. I got it. And I I have so much bad to make up for. I got to hurry. Well, there is still time. But is there time for our heroes? Let's go ahead and find out oh solid transition oh thank you (laughs) so you're all in plucky the peppercorns sewer sanctum and (laughs) all over the wall there's the cereal boxes taped up with strands of red yarn connecting dots between them and whatnot And he stomps on the floor a couple times and a platform rises up from the middle of the sewer water, that weird swirly colored milk. And he says, everybody join me at the war table. And he sits in a very small chair up at the head of the table. And it's covered with all of those, like, battle miniatures that you see people using in, like, old war movies and stuff. I'm staring at a completed maze on the back of a cereal box that's tacked up to the wall and saying, Dude, Plucky, I could never solve this one. Dude, I admire you so much, man. I've had years to work on it. All the years I've thrown away just staring at the back of these boxes. So Chip is like watching this exchange and then just very obedient goes over to the war table and these chairs, surprisingly, because it's Plucky's war table, are really high. And so he like tries to get his fat body up on there and he can only get his arms and his little bum is just swinging back and forth and he's just (laughs) sitting there waiting for everyone else to come over. Oh, oh, dude, I got you, dude. And I'll scooch his chair in a little bit for him. There you go, my little man. Thanks. Captain Chu walks over as he takes another swig of his chocolate syrup from his flask, puts on his (laughs) captain's hat, and he goes over to the war, war table and goes, all right, you gathered us here together today. Now, what can we do? What was your plan? 
he points out on the war table. He's got one of those big, long, like retractable pointer sticks. And he starts pointing at like the grocery store up above you. And he says, it's going to be a risky business, but you have to go up into the grocery store for this job. Whoa. No way. No, I haven't been up there in years. I haven't been up there since they kicked me out. Since I caused an uproar, staged my protest. I mean, I'm not allowed within a hundred yards of that building. I shouldn't even be down here. Well, when you make your living presence known to the shoppers at the store, then yes, there's bound to be a bit of a kerfuffle. But we'll go there under cloak of night when nobody will be suspecting a thing. I've got one problem with that. At my meetings, they tell me not to go anywhere that's going to trigger me. And that's going to be a big trigger. <laughs> I'm just not sure if you want me there with you. And he leans in close and he's like, Chip, I will give you 5,000 US dollars if you put away your morals for a little bit and take on this job, okay? <sighs> you see him like start breathing really heavy and his like, you could see his eyes wigging out and his head shaking and his ears just flapping. He's like, hi. I don't know that I can do that. What what are you asking me to do? Hey, yeah, man. You can't be offering my buddy Chip here chump change like that. Come on, dude. (laughs) Now, here's the other thing. I got a question, Mr. Chump Change. I've heard of these grocery store things, but I've never actually had to go into one. So, like, you want to, like, explain it to me, man? And he goes... Oh, the barren tundras of the frozen food section. The terrible rains in the produce. There's dangerous places everywhere you look. Gotta stay away from the meat grinders, for goodness sake. But the cereal aisle is a haven of wonder and warmth within all of this terror. However, it's it's a haven for cereals that are actually, like, being bought. Not so much a haven for us. So it's still going to be pretty terrible for all of you. But that's why I am going to pay each of you. And he pulls out a little one of those calculators that has like the receipt paper that comes out of it. Oh, and he yeah. punches in it a couple times. That's why I'm giving each of you ten thousand US dollars if you will take this job for me. <laughs> All right, man. Now you're getting closer to my weekly allowance. I'm in. <laughs> I, I turned to uh, Plucky and I go, "You had me at set my morals aside." Amen. <laughs> I, I still need to know what's being asked of me. I go to the cereal aisle, but like, do I have to eat it? And he looks up from where he's been writing in his to-do list, steal 30,000 US dollars from local bank. (laughs) (laughs) And he picks back up his pointing stick and he's like, all right, now we've got these four sections of the cereal aisle, one for each of the big four. And here's a bit of the hierarchy that's going on here. Now, each of those companies, well, most of them, there is a sort of bizarro-like analog of each of you that you're going to have to take out. Now, obviously, Captain Chu, you're going to have to take on Captain Crunch. (sighs) He stands for Quaker and everything that is terrible about them. I'll have no qualms with taking out Mr. Captain over there for the true captain of the cereal, okay? You just tell me where and when. Yes, that'll be in the Quaker section. That'll be an interesting one to get through because they they don't have as many cereals as some of the other of the big four, but they've also got oatmeal, they've got granola bars that might be difficult to get through, so you'll have to take that into mind. Now, Chip... His eyes are wide and he's still kind of like wigging out. (laughs) This one is going to hit a little bit close to home because when they got their new mascot, they didn't have the dignity to choose someone with a different name than you. It's like when your ex starts 
dating someone who has the same name that you do and it's just super weird. Oh, dude. Oh, Sheila did that to me once. <laughs> yes. Well, Chip the Wolf is going to be your main target. And I know that you're kind of cute and kind of unassuming and whatnot, but when you're fighting against a feral wolf, you need to let the domesticity out. You need to put it off the table. Let me tell you something here, okay? You just brought out the real me for years. I have had to oppress what was really down deep inside because they didn't think a criminal would really go kosher with the mommies. But you know what? I am done with that cute, unassuming puppy. I can take that wolf down and shove him into the ground. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) And at this, Captain Chu looks across the table, raises the flask and goes, Chip, it's good to see you living your true life now. And I pass the flask over to Chip to take a swig of it. I take a swig of it and then I pass it on to Brock. And I say, this one's for Sheila. You can do this mission and prove her wrong that the other Brock-a-doodle-doo was better than you. (laughs) (laughs) And Plucky then turns to Brock and says, Yes, and now the one who's going to be your main target, one of the oldest serial mascots ever to grace the front of a box, Cornelius the Rooster, the Cornflake King himself. Dude. He stands for the kingdom of Kellogg's. Good old Corny himself. (laughs) He can't hold up. He's too old and frail. Brock-a-doodle-doo go in there and take him out. No problems, dude. But he has surrounded himself with a vile army. That's where Post comes into play. You've got Captain Crunch for Quaker. You've got Chip the Wolf for General Mills. You've got Cornelius for Kellogg's. But Post... They have the terrible army of the crazy cravings. They'll stop at nothing to protect their overlord. You see Brockadoodledoo's knees start knocking together audibly, just knocking like crazy at the mention of the crazy cravings. He's right. They've got hordes and hordes of minions over there. And, uh, I mean, the grape nuts alone, they just they scatter the floor and you got to try and navigate a maze and you don't ever know where they're going to be. Well... It's a good thing that I've got my mobbits. Here, I'll share some with you. These are very special ones for a certain time and place, you hear me? And I'm gonna take out a little handful in each of my hands of the marbits, and I'm gonna shove them in the pockets of Captain Chew and then kind of like under some feathers of Brockadoodledoo. And if possible, I would like to give them like help sometime, kind of like inspiration for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead and roll to create an advantage with Sneaky. Okay. And like as you're passing out the marbits, Plucky looks down at you and he's like, <gasps> Now, I know that we're doing some under-the-table kind of business, but I've not seen contraband that illegal in many a year. Like I said, I'm done with the unassuming puppy. Okay, that is a plus four. Oh, yeah. So, you have created the aspect Marbits for (laughs) each of your friends, and they each get a free invoke on it. Yes! Yeah, the aspect, we'll call that Hepped Up on Marbits, because that's fun. (laughs) Okay, guys, only use this at the very height of, like, a bad circumstance. You know what I'm saying? And at that point, Captain Chew's about to, like, actually eat them. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 of course. Of course, I'll I'll, I'll save them. I'll save them for something special. All right, yeah. Yeah, wait for the opportune time. That shouldn't be a problem because I like to eat these things, like, as not often as I possibly can. (laughs) 
Yeah, they have a weird texture, kind of like you're eating, I don't know, stale toothpaste. <laughs> it hurts my beak to break into them, you know? Captain Chew's just staring down at his hand, like licking his lips. <laughs> like, you're like a little kid with the M&Ms told not to eat them, and they're staining your hand. Just like... Exactly. So I just kind of hold on to them for a little bit, don't put them in my pocket. <laughs> and Plucky says, now if you ever find yourselves being caught by the crazy cravings, you toss those marbits in immediately. I can't tell you how many friends I've lost to the crazy cravings. I don't know what happens to them, but they disappear and they never come back. They're unnatural, man. Unnatural, dude. So, Plucky, are you going to be there to help us, especially Brockadoodle Doo over there, who's going to probably run into the crazy cravings first? I am small and frail, and I am a liability in where in areas where physical necessities are necessary. So I will be communicating with you through these. And he reaches into a box and he pulls out three walkie-talkie watches that are like the prize from the box. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he hands one out to each of you and he says, now I can be in touch with you through these and I've got my database of information down here so I can help you from afar. I put mine on my wing and admire the little mini satellite dish that pops out of there when you activate it. Yeah, and these are like, it was when the second Spider-Man movie starring Tobey Maguire came out, so they're like Spider-Man themed. And if you push a button, then it shoots like an image of Spider-Man's logo onto the wall. Yes! (laughs) And he says, now we have three areas where you could potentially get into the grocery store unseen. And it's up to you which one you want to choose. We can get you in through the frozen foods, through the produce section, or through the butchery. I'm all for the frozen food. Just not the dessert aisle, okay? That one's a little bit harder. Yeah, man, that sounds good. i am never been to one of those butcheries, but it doesn't sound too nice, know what I mean? (laughs) Yes, you'd probably better stay away from that place because you you will be directly traumatized by what you see there. Oh, I'm all down for no trauma, man. You know, I've been to that butchery before, and it's not half bad, but uh, I I, I can't help feeling like the wilds of the the frozen food section is going to throw us for a loop, but... Chip, I'm with you, and I'll go where you go. Sounds great. And he takes his robber mask and pulls it over his eyes. Oh, snap. It's your true form. (laughs) Tell no one. I'll reach into my floofy feathers and pull out a black leather jacket to go with my shades (laughs) that I've had on. All right, man. Brockadoodle-doo is ready to rock. Okay, Captain Chew, where's your disguise? That hat is not very disguised. (laughs) I take my hat and I reach in and I turn it inside out. And on the inside, it's just the same exact hat, but completely black. (laughs) (laughs) And I do the same for my jacket. And like the buttons are all still real shiny and gold, but like the actual like material is just black. And I'm like, I'm always ready to go stealth mode. Dude, we've got like an aesthetic going on here, man. That's right, Brock. Let's go steal ourselves some cereal boxes. Hey, yeah, Plucky, Plucky, what are we stealing anyway, man? Oh, yeah, we probably should talk about the plan. I know we've got to face those guys. What the heck is our objective, my dude? Oh, I didn't say anything about stealing. I was like, I mean, if you can kill them, then that would be great. (laughs) Oh, okay. Let me rephrase this. Take it back to one. But Um. I guess there is, if you're you're averse to killing, then incapacitation, I suppose. We have to cut off the head of the serpent, and if you cut off the head through literally cutting off the head, that's one way. But there are other ways that might be a little more 
more delicate. I totally heard that each of the four main four, that they each have this metal medallion that is their lock and niche to everything in their world. And I bet if we aren't able to incapacitate them for life, I bet if we get that, that might actually be the key we need. And Plucky, he hangs his head a little bit and says, I was loath to bring up the medallions because their power is, it can corrupt if not handled correctly. Are you sure you can handle this power? Dude, I did these meetings for at least 15 years. I can handle anything. From where I'm standing, we don't have a choice. We gotta go steal those medallions to save the cereal world. And I'll place my wings on top of Plucky's round little shoulders and say, I promise that we will cast those medallions back into the fiery depths from whence they came and will not be overcome by temptation, man. And he goes, ah, yes, the grill at the deli section. (laughs) That's right, man. I don't know what a deli is or what crazy things might be grilled on there, but that's where they have got to go. And just focus on the grill. Stay away from the fryer. Stay, Brock, stay away from the fryer at all costs. <laughs> and the butchery that's, you know, next to that, just at all costs. All right, everybody. I think we're ready to go. But first, where's the door to the freezer section? I assume there's something in this tunnel. And he stamps his foot on the ground again, and the platform that you're on continues to raise up. And as you look upwards, you can see these big metal doors sliding open. So there's this circular passage above you. And he says, you'll need to climb to get there. There's a little drainage area inside one of the freezers, just in case it starts to thaw and they need to get rid of the water. Comes right down here. But that'll be your point of ingress. I wish you all the best of luck. Chip nods, and then he puts out his hand for Brock and puts out his hand for Captain Chu and says, You ready to do this, fellas? Well, we're already being raised on the platform, so yeah. (laughs) I think that's... I think we're ready. Brock starts talking, but all you hear is echoing from above because his head is already in the tunnel (laughs) up above. (laughs) You said it, Brock. You said it. And Plucky gives each of you a hearty handshake or wing shake in the case of our more feathery friends. And he says... You're on your own physically, but remember, I'll be with you in your ears. And he taps on his little walkie-talkie watch. All of a sudden, Spider-Man like pops out of our watches onto the wall <laughs> all around us. Oh. <laughs> and the platform begins to lower back down with Plucky on it, and you're all in this tunnel, and you can see at the other end of this drainage pipe, there's light filtering in from above. You guys feel that chill? Oh, I can feel it. It feels like satisfaction. I take a swig and I just start walking forward. And when you reach the end of the tunnel, you can see that there's this little grate up above you, uh, like you might see in the bottom of a shower or something. And pushing it aside, you can see a puff of mist come down as the water around you begins to condense into this super cooled air. And you can see a couple of little icicles hanging down from above. Hey, Brock, can you give me a boost up towards those icicles? You know it, little dude. And I will put my feathered wings underneath his little feet and boost him up so that his head pops up. 
Okay, he's gonna karate chop three of the icicles and tear a part of his shirt off and make a little handhold for each of them and hand one to Captain Chu and one to Brockadoodle-Doo and say, here's your weapons for this first endeavor. Whoa, thank you. And as you finally pull yourselves up through the drainage grate into the freezer, you look around you and you can see all down one side of this massive aisle are these glass doors. And while you, in your own little cereal mascot world, are six feet and three feet and a couple feet respectively, here in the real size world, you're more akin to what you would actually look like if you were on the front of a cereal box. Whoa. So you're much, much smaller in this place. And you look around and you can see cartons of ice cream up on one shelf. And you can see further down on the other side, there's like some pizza rolls and bagel bites and that kind of stuff. Dude, I'm totally getting a Space Jam vibe. <laughs> and as you're kind of taking in the surroundings, you hear from a direction that you can't quite discern because everything's kind of weird and echoey in here. There's the humming of the fans circulating the freonated air through here. And you hear just this little kind of chuckling noise off in the distance. Well, I think that's a good place for us to start heading immediately into danger. Follow me, everybody. And I just start running as fast as I can in that direction. Uh, Chip is going to be stuffing his pockets with like Hot Pockets and bagel bites, like you said, and the little pizza bites and French toast sticks and anything he can find. He's just shoving in his pockets, not really knowing that's what he's doing. Yeah, it's just natural. But as you start getting nearer to the place where you hear the chuckling coming from, you pause and you kind of peer around a box of drumsticks, the little ice cream ones, and you can see, now that you're in kind of the ice cream novelty section, there is a surprisingly familiar looking figure. Uh, it is Barney Rubble of Flintstones fame, who you have often seen adorning Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles boxes. But also, the Flintstones have staked a bit of claim in the ice cream novelty section with push-up popsicles. Yep. Dude, so good. And you see that Barney is outside one of the boxes, and he's, like, rubbing his hands together. And you can see this box is like a house. There are windows on the outside. And peering in through one of the windows, you can see Fred sitting at a table with a bowl of Fruity Pebbles inside of this push-up box. Hey, uh, excuse me, my dudes. Uh, we're new here. Seems like you guys might know your way around. And as you suddenly make your presence known, Barney turns towards you, and he's got an icicle in his hand as well, and he's very on edge, and he's like, Oh, uh, I haven't seen you around here before. Chip grabs a piece of cardboard from any box he's near and, like, tries to make a cloak out of it so he won't be recognized. And as Barney looks around at all of you, he's going to roll to overcome with Clever real quick and gets a plus two. And his eyes kind of narrow and he gets a little smirk and he says, I think perhaps we've got a bit of a kindred spirit about us. You see, I've been trying to steal Fred's pebbles for longer than I can imagine. <laughs> and it seems perhaps we got similar goals in mind. I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. What would we be stealing his fruity pebbles for? Yeah, man, I got bran rocks. I'm good. And he says, 
Well, regardless of what individual items you're trying to heist your way into, if you can help me get Fred's pebbles, maybe I can help you on whatever quest you're working on. I turn to Barney and go, Well, how long have you been trying to steal them from him? I mean, what have you tried? If we were to help you hypothetically in this situation, where what, what could we do to help out? Well, I've got this idea that I've never tried before. I'm going to dress up as Santa and I'm going to come down the chimney. <laughs> that sounds like it probably could work, but only if there's another distraction. I think that's your problem, Fred. Barney. Sorry, Barney. It's been a long time since I've seen you. <laughs> and when you accidentally call him Fred, you see his face darkens and he grips the ice cold a little tighter and he says, For too long, I've been the second fiddle to Fred Flintstone, the Luigi to his Mario, <laughs> and I'm ready to take matters into my own hands, even if it requires toppling the entire cereal industry to do so. Uh, BBBs, quick huddle. I scoot in. He wasn't lying. He has, like, almost the exact same goal as we do. It's uncanny, dude. I think we should help him. I think we need to help. Okay, but can we not tell him, like, that we get $10,000 and just let him get the fruity pebbles as his prize? Because I'm not willing to share. I think that's all that he wants is the fruity pebbles. All right. Yeah, Barney, we could definitely help you there. We could be your distraction for you so you can steal his fruity pebbles. Now, I'll just walk on in and I'll just have a conversation with him and uh, see if we, uh, you could sneak around back and take him from your ex-friend over there. Get what I'm saying? That sounds like a good plan to me, because... And he turns around and he's got the Santa beard on. Ho, 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 I'm ha, ha hungry. And he starts climbing up the side of the box to get to the top. Oh, crap. Okay, we gotta go now. Okay. I run up to the front door in the snow, which is probably up to my shins at this point. And uh, I knock on the front door and I go... Hey, hey, Barney, uh, can I get your, a moment of your time, please? It's Fred! It's Fred! And you hear from inside a voice shout out, Barney! And you hear footsteps pounding up to the door, and he opens it up, and he's like, Now you listen here! I ain't no two-bit son-of-a-gun Barney! I'm Fred Flintstone, and I'm the boss around these parts! And I stab Fred. <laughs> 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 All right. Roll to attack with Sneaky because he's not expecting it. And he's going to roll to defend with Clever to see if he can notice it in time. I'm not going to lie. I literally almost just passed out. That's how lightheaded I am right now from that laugh. That's a plus two. He got a plus one. Yeah, he did. And so I just stab him to try and distract him. And as I stab him, I'm going to try and catch him and pull him out of the house. All right. Well, we have definitely begun our exchange here. So, as you stab Fred Flintstone, um, where are you aiming on this chump's body? Uh, I'm aiming right for his shoulder blade so that it'll catch and I can, like, kind of spear him out of the house into the snow. <laughs> All right, yeah, you pull him out and he kind of skitters across the snow there and you can see a bit of that multicolored like fruity pebbles and milk kind of like smearing across the bottom in the snow as he goes and he looks up at you and goes goodness gracious i'm being attacked and uh captain chu who would you like to go next i'm gonna turn it to brockadoodle do 
dude, what did you just brock a doodle do? And uh, I'm gonna rush on over to Fred and say, I'm so sorry, my associate here, he just, boy, he gets excited. And I'm just gonna pick him up and like dust him off a little bit. Gonna pick up some of the snow from off the ground and like stuff it into the wound. Try to <laughs> staunch the milking here. <laughs> All right, go ahead and roll to overcome with Flashy to try and placate him. It's gonna be a pretty high difficulty because he did just get stabbed. That's a plus three, but you know what? I'm going to, no, Brock was gonna eat his marshmallow bits, his marbits, but he's not going to. He was about to, and then he remembered the fear of those terrifying faces of the crazy cravings. And you can hear in the back of your mind the words, me want honeycomb. <laughs> Ooh, a shudder runs down my rooster spine. And uh, I say, yeah, man, oh, you okay, dude? And that's it, I, I keep the plus three. All right, the difficulty was a plus three. Yeah. So on a tie, you succeed at a minor cost. And what that's going to be is you reach down, you pick up Fred and he's like, ah, oh, thanks there, man, you're not so bad. And then he grabs your wings and is going to try and put you in a full Nelson and take you hostage. Oh no. So this is the minor cost. You're not going to take any damage or stress or anything, but you are now in a disadvantageous position here. Whoa, dude, I guess, I mean, that's fair, but like, hey, watch out, dude. And Fred pulls out his own icicle and holds it under Brock's, uh, his waddle that's underneath his beak. <laughs> and he goes, no funny business, all right. Uh, Brock, who would you like to go next? Hey, Chip, any help here, man? So Chip is already halfway in the window and doesn't <laughs> hear Brock. <laughs> His little bum's stuck and he's just trying to shimmy inside the rest of the way. And finally he just falls into the floor and he's going to see that bowl of fruity pebbles, run to it, and run it to the chimney and like hold it up for Barney. All right, I'll say roll to create an advantage with Sneaky to potentially give Barney a better chance of making his escape. Okay, that's a plus three. Oh yeah, so the aspect is created and that aspect will be called Dog in the Fireplace. <laughs> How very descriptive. And we've got two free invokes on that. Ooh. Oh, nice. And Chip, now that you have successfully created this advantage for your friends, who would you like to go next? Uh, Barney. All right, so yeah, Barney is going to roll to overcome with Sneaky. You look up to the top of the chimney and you see he's on like a Mission Impossible style like rope descender. There's like a metal cable that's bringing him down. He's going to see if he can stick this dismount. Rolls a minus one. So he is definitely going to use one of those free invokes on Dog in the Fireplace. Mm -hmm. And as he's letting the cable loose, he accidentally slips and he starts to fall really quickly and he grabs it at the last moment and he slows down right to the point where he can grab the bowl and he goes, tis the season to be sharing. And he pushes a button and it starts pulling him back up out of the chimney. And that concludes Barney's turn, which means the only person left is going to be Fred Flintstone. And Fred has Brock still in this full Nelson by the wings with the icicle sword underneath his throat. And he says, all right, I don't know what you chumps are doing here, but if you leave right now, we can avoid any unpleasantness, all right? And I'll just look my good friend, Captain Chu, in the eyes and say, 
I trust you, man. Oh, no. <laughs> so now that we're in this situation, I don't think holding an action is technically part of fate, but I'm going to let Fred hold his action uh, based on what Captain Chu does. He might try and stick this icicle into your friend. Crap. Okay. Oh, gosh. I might need, like, three actual real-life minutes to think about this. <laughs> Tough, you've got one. Because I know what I want to do. Oh, no. Follow your heart. You're goner, Brockadoodle-doo. <laughs> You're going to the fryer. We're all going there, right? That's where we need to toss the medallions, man. <laughs> I look at Brockadoodle-doo, and I, I nod my head, and I smile, and I go, Brock, thank you for trusting me. And I check the spear and try to go through Brock's wing right into Fred. All right. I'll say, yeah, roll to attack with forceful. Like through the gap in my wing or through my wing? If there is a gap, but if there's not, my main goal is getting Fred. Yeah, Fred is going to try and defend with careful. He wants to, like, use Brock as a meat shield. So he's going to see if he can maneuver himself against your forceful throw. Um, I check it and I originally get a plus three. However, I'm going to use a fate point and invoke my stubborn to the stone aspect. And uh, just as I'm ready to throw it, I just am committed to this. And I'm like, even if it hurts my friend Brock, it's all for the best. It's going to help us in the long run. And I just whisper that to myself as I just chuck it as hard as I can to make it a plus five. Well, Fred Flintstone rolled a flat zero. And (laughs) he has five stress left. So... You've got this hostage situation. It's kind of like in the first Iron Man movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he kind of pauses and the computer's all like, okay, bad guy here, 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 here. You just like taking a big deep breath, you go into your mind palace for a little moment. And then with a speed unbefitting of one so haggard and raggedy, you just toss this icicle with the blink of an eye so fast that Fred can't even see it until he looks down and sees the cereal-saturated milk pouring out of him into the frost on the ground. And he lets go of Brock and collapses to the ground. And as he's looking up towards the roof, he sees Barney with his legs over the side, just kind of swinging back and forth, eating the pebbles. And he just goes, Barney? And he expires. At that, I turn away. I wipe my brow. And as a sudden gust of wind from nowhere comes and blows a flurry past my face, I go, I guess he didn't realize that I turned the milk black. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I know it's like the height of comedy to point out that you made a good joke yourself. But when I said he expired, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about the fact that he's a food mascot. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> we all would have got it later. Yeah. Woken up at 2 a.m. Man, well, you know, when we took this suggestion, we knew it was going to be a gritty heist. And here it is. It's gotten gritty. Chip comes out then and he's just like, "Woo! I did this good thing. He's coming to see how the prisoner's doing. And he sees him expired on the ground. <laughs> and he kind of slows down and then walks over to him. Just kind of looks at Brock with questioning eyes. Brock is also shook. He is shaken. Shaken bacon. <laughs> shaken bacon, chicken bakes, all of it. He is staring down at the ground at this unexpected. I mean, he's lived a sheltered life in his cushioned corral, in his brocaded coop, and he wasn't expecting this. 
and you all hear a little buzzing coming from your wrists, and you hear Plucky's voice come through, and he says, This is the real world, folks. Everybody has to expire eventually. It's just a matter of how early your expiration date is. <laughs> all right, well, let me just say from the bottom of my heart that I'm the kind of person that eats a yogurt maybe three days past the expiration date. So I think that you shouldn't push an expiration date and throw it away early. So I'm just going to say, I know when Plucky said we had to kill people, I was like, oh, medallion, and kind of like deflected that. And I didn't communicate. I don't want this to be a kill fest. That was never part of my past life, and it's not going to be a part of my future life. Three days past the expiration date, okay? That's my rule. I agree. I agree with Chip here. I know that I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have gone asking questions and, you know, putting that on the other people around me. But I'm, man, I, I, this isn't what I signed up for. I mean, I wanted revenge, but not like this. I walk over slowly to Fred and his expired body. I pull the icicle out. Oh my gosh. And I look at both of them with hair over my eyes and go, Look, I'm really sorry. I I completely misread the room. And uh <laughs> I thought we were all on the same page here. And uh it seems that uh I was a little too passionate with my choices here. I think I might have gone overboard here, and um I think we're on the same page now. (laughs) (laughs) And at that moment, Barney hops down into a snowbank and he says, I don't know, I thought it was pretty great. Chip takes his like discarded piece of cardboard that he was using as a cloak and puts it over Fred. All right, on to the next pot. (laughs) Hold a minute, you guys. I've got an idea and it just might work. I'd like to use my stunt, uh, name dropping my dad, and actually give him a call. Maybe tweak a couple buttons on my little, uh, my walkie-talkie wristwatch, and say, uh, hey dad, dad, uh, hey, hey man, hey dad, I know you're busy, but, uh, <clears throat> dad, I got into some trouble and I need you to bail me out. Oh, now, son, what kind of trouble have you gotten yourself into? <laughs> dad, I know you're, uh... I know you're, you know, really into all the up-and-coming technology and, like, investments and all that. How you doing on, uh, you know, the technology of, like, bringing people back from the dead? Oh, son, if I knew how to do that, then St. Peter would be out of a job, now wouldn't he? <laughs> That's what I thought. Well, uh, <laughs> listen, I'll text you some coordinates, Dad, and, uh, if you're able to do anything for this poor guy, I mean, you can do it, but if not... Wait a not... second, what, what do you mean, poor guy? What are you, what are you talking about, son? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, Dad. Don't worry about it. Okay, I won't. (laughs) Okay, Dad, uh, love you too. (laughs) And before you've even finished the sentence, love you too, you hear the line has gone dead on the other side. (laughs) And Barney comes up to all of you and he says, Now listen here, friends. You can try and take the soft route if you want to, but there's people out there who aren't going to be kind to you. Well, Barney, what I think what we really need right now is just to move forward and to press on. So, do you have a way out of here or, like, a map that we could use and, like, uh, try and navigate out of here? Like, maybe it's on the back of, like, a cereal box or something or uh, some sort of cardboard? Ah, yes, of course. Now, I've been keeping this on my own person. And he pulls out a bubblegum wrapper that has a rough map of the grocery store scrawled on it. And he hands it over to you and he says, As for the exit... 
this is a secret place, so uh, don't be telling anybody about it. And he leads you to the other end of the frozen food section. He says, this door is always propped open just a little bit. It doesn't have a very good spring on it, so it doesn't quite close all the way. And he slips down onto the floor and he shouts back to you, all right, now you've got to be a little careful on the dismount because there's a little... And as he's speaking, you hear, starting off in the distance and getting closer, these rapid footsteps and the voice getting louder and louder. Me want honeycomb! Me want honeycomb! And you see a furry blur go rushing past and it grabs Barney and keeps running away with him. And Barney goes, <laughs> Oh, friends, friends, please help! Help! I stand in horror. I'm all for, like, not killing people, but we helped him once already. So, I mean, quota. <laughs> Look, I've got morals, but... <laughs> Guys, I'm learning a lot of things tonight. I just grip Brock's shoulder wing, shoulder wing, and um, as I grip, I just I bring him close, and I go, Brock, you trusted me, and I feel like a deeper bond has been created between us. Between the three of us, Chip... You and me, we lived in the same alley and sewer system for years. And even though you tried to steal from me just out of impulse and out of habit, now we're, we're all working towards something greater here. Look, I know I went off and I killed a man, and that was, that was pretty intense. It wasn't your fault, man. Nobody's blaming you. Oh, I'm absolutely blaming him. It was 100% his fault. Regardless of the blame, everybody, regardless of our past, regardless of the years we've spent in jail, we're here in this moment now. We're here together. And if we, well, we don't want to end up like Barney or Fred and those poor unfortunate incidents that happened to both of those people, we gotta, we gotta stick together. We gotta follow this map. We gotta follow the map, which will lead us to our goal and our destination. And I bring everybody close and I just look at each other's eyes, just stare at them, do like the deep stare and just go back and forth to both of everybody's faces and make sure that we're all looking We say, are we in this together? Chip, like, turns to Brock and whispers, Now that is the stare of nightmares. Am I right? And my eyes twitching. <laughs> A little bit of chocolate syrup just dribbling out of the corner of your mouth. <laughs> like, I feel like there may even be someone in the world with a picture of that face who sharpens their knives on that picture. It's that scary. I know that face. And yes, I think it's safe to say... Captain Chu. Oh, Captain, our Captain. We're in. <laughs> and so as you all put your hands in, all for one, one for all style, Captain Chu, his hand on the bottom, clutching the map, you notice as it's rolled up, the foil on the outside, the back of this map, you can see imprinted into it is the brand of gum, and it is Independence brand gum <laughs> with the map on the back of it. And you yes! all... <laughs> You all, three, two, one, break. Fists up into the air with your declaration in hand. And that is where we're going to pick up next week. He did it! He did it! Am I proud of the fact that I did it? 
Yes, <laughs> you beautiful madman. But more proud than your expired joke, because that was on point, even though none of us caught it. Oh, it was so, it was better because you didn't even realize that you had done it. Yes. Friends, that is the best way to do a pun, is unintentionally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of the Balanced Breakfast Brigade. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as Barney Rubble with a tummy full of fruity pebbles if you would go ahead and give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. Yup, yup. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can tweet about us or comment on one of our posts using hashtag ImpTab setting or hashtag ImpTab aspect. Let's do a round of plugs. Guys, I found Apple Pie Toast Crunch. <gasps> no way. Wow. Yeah, I needed to buy a paper cutter for my office. So I'm walking through the store on my way to the office supply section. And what's that on the end cap of the aisle? Apple Pie Toast Crunch and Sugar Cookie Toast Crunch, both with a 9.5 out of 10 rating on Serialistly.net. <laughs> so I picked up both of them. And I'm going to say, guys, Sugar Cookie, it's okay, but Apple Pie Toast Crunch... Holy cow. The accuracy of the apple taste and the smell is kind of surprising, actually. Like, it actually, it's masked a little bit by, you know, the fact that there's grain and there's the extra sugar and cinnamon and whatnot. But that apple taste reminded me of when I was a kid. My mom would pick apples off of our Macintosh tree in the backyard, make an apple crisp. It was that kind of taste and smell that this apple pie toast crunch had. Mm. So go get it. Go give it a try because it is so good. Wow. Not a sponsor, but we'd be welcome to it. Yeah. So many companies we would be welcome to sponsoring us. Yeah. General Mills, hit us up. We'd love any sponsorship money that you'll give our way. Uh, Chip might not be too happy because you replaced him, but we'll be happy. No. (laughs) (laughs) Thomas, you got anything that you would like to plug? I'm just like a broken record over here because we've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e DD adventure where I take a turn as a dungeon master. And we've got Ned here as a regular player playing a cute little kobold named Fleeple who will surprise you with his wisdom and his violence. The only other thing I want to plug is the BBB, the Better Business Bureau. Everybody, <laughs> help and make businesses better every single day. Right on. Heather, you got anything that you would like to plug? So if anyone listening has listened to the Halloween PD, you'll know that I find Evan and Thomas can plug this much better than I can. But after re-listening to some episodes and sometimes that my sweet husband has plugged this and gotten it a little wrong, I thought I should go and plug it. (laughs) (laughs) My jewelry making business. The stuff he said about it being fantastic is true, obviously. But it is not on Pinterest. It is not on a lot of things that he said it was on. Why, it's not on Twitch? (laughs) It is on Etsy. But I'm going to be honest right now. I don't keep it updated on there because I love doing custom stuff. But I do keep it on Instagram updated and then you can see stuff. So that was right. You can go to my Etsy page. Go to Instagram. Be Wired Jewelry. Follow her on Snapchat, everybody. And that is the capital B. TikTok. And then Wired Jewelry. Coming soon to a MySpace near you. (laughs) (laughs) MySpace. Caleb, is there anything that you would like to plug? Guys, I've just legitimately been thinking about this 
all the time, I would like to plug our Avatar episodes that we do. Yes. If you haven't listened to those, go give them a listen. Man, I just listened to the Avatar Kyoshi era episode that just dropped this past week, and I was literally on the edge of my seat. These guys did such a good job. I absolutely loved it. I've had a ton of fun being in the other ones that we've done, the library heist and radio silence. And then the Kyoshi episode was Fight Club. Go check those out. Go listen to them if you have not already. They are just one shots. They're, you know, separate stories all contained in one episode. So don't think that you need all three of them to make sense or anything. They're all different. So go check them out. Um, like I said earlier, I'd also like to just do a little plug for remorse, maybe a little bit of restitution, I could say. Um, not necessarily for doing anything about those things, but make sure you feel them in your heart, because that's the first step. So last week it was revenge. <laughs> I was thinking that too. This week it's remorse. And what'll it be next week? Well, you'll just have to wait and find out. Thanks for joining us here in the world of the Balanced Breakfast Brigade. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Thomas Brower, still vocally struggling. Heather, go past the expiration date. Caleb Anderton, eyes wide open. Much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. Wait. Legend in the key. Now there's something. A map. As of legends, maps have keys. It's a ma- <laughs> a map. It's a map. All right. Now wait a minute. There's something there. It's a map. Now what? A map. Maps of legends. Maps have keys. Now there's something. Maps. Now there's something. Where? 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 It's a map. Wait a minute. There's something there. Where would I? Where? Okay. Okay.